Once again, the Mike Schaefer Hour, sponsored by Trek CBD, 84th and Highway 2, 84th and Andermatt to be exact. Schaefer, I'm curious, before Fan Day, did you uh, partake in any Trek CBD supplements <laughs> at all? <laughs> no, that's not what you would uh, consider a conducive environment Okay, okay. Uh, for such a thing. I mean, maybe for some people, but that feels like it would uh, be a high-stress environment for me to... To to you, well, that, yeah, I think it would calm me down then. Not yeah, stress, you know, it'd make you, you now. Know, now better. after it would have been a good idea, oh, you yeah. know, all that okay. exhilaration Absolutely. and excitement, and uh, you can you can kind of bring yourself to mellow yourself back down. That's the sort of products that they offer uh, at Trek CBD. Actually, I'm going to be stopping by Trek CBD potentially today or tomorrow. We are nice. we are out of the the dog calming treats. There's oh, been a few storms that have rolled through. Slider did not enjoy. There was like a big thunder cap the other day. I want to say it was, mm. maybe it was like Monday, maybe Tuesday. And uh, he basically, I thought he like jumped in the air. It was uh, it was kind of weird. So he's uh, he could certainly use a little mellowing out. So I'll be I'll be stopping by. And then of course when I you know when I stop by for <laughs> you dog, partake too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll ch- I'll check with Double Scott dip, and, baby. and Shannon. Double see, dip. See what they have. They. They usually have some some great new products out there too, and so uh, you know, and sometimes they haven't tested them yet, and so they're like, "Hey, cool. you wanna you wanna give this a shot this. and report Let's back?" Go. And so uh, you know, a couple different times, I've been a little bit of a guinea pig for them. So, <laughs> well, you're still here. You're still here. That's I am a valuable resource. I'm told you are. So. You are, uh, Schaefer. Real quick before we move on uh, to the rest of fall camp and media days too. I- I'm curious. So fall camp. Oh, sorry, not fall camp. I'm, I'm getting things. Fan day. Fan, go back to Fan Day real quick, sure. because I'm I'm generally curious after five straight years of of no bowl games, fifteen and twenty nine. You know, we've seen lines there before. I'm sure way long. Could you tell any sort of you know any sort of less interest or like less fans showing up because of that? What what was your takeaway from that versus previous Fan Days? Could you tell anything different at all? Um, you know, Not there were still long lines. I mean, you still had lines that stretched. So what they did is they stacked all the tables on one side of the field and then the lines would stretch across and you just had lines that covered the whole football field. So, uh, from the whip perspective. So, I mean, you, you basically, uh, had plenty of people that were there and, and I was talking with some and they said it was taking about 25, 30 minutes to get through a line to then jump into the next one. So you, you were basically probably weren't going to get every position group. If that was your goal, you kind of had to to pick who you wanted to see and, and why, but I, there was less people than the last time I was there, but it's also been a couple years for me, and it was a Tuesday night at, at 6 o'clock. I mean, so yep. that kind of condenses. I mean, it's great for, for people in Lincoln. You can show up after work. You can bring your kids and, and all of that. I mean, if you're if you're coming from Ogallala, you, you pretty much have to make a day of it. And so, um, you know, rather than, than a Friday early start time or, or, you know, noon start time or a Saturday uh, you know, all day experience or whatever. It, people, people probably kind of had to make this a priority. Um, or, you know, if you were more local, you could get down there and, and everything else, but there was still pretty good crowd on hand and, you know, it's, it's for the kids. And here's just as the, the honest truth, the people that enjoyed it the most, besides the players who I think really do love fan day and the experience of it 
are the, the, the kids, and they're not worried about a team being, uh, you know, going through yeah. five straight losing seasons or whatever. They're just excited because this giant man named Caleb Tanner is picking them up and throwing them in the air or taking photos with them or whatever. And, you know, the Nebraska players do such a great job of making it a special time for the, for the kids, and, and there's a lot of smiles and a lot of happy people, uh, you know, roaming around on Memorial Stadium field on speaking uh, of two steps speaking of a giant man brett bielema was at media days yesterday my gosh whoa yeah. he's still large he's still a big man schaefer yeah he has, well, look, uh, he has not mean, changed much the last couple of years in illinois i mean i don't uh i don't envision that going from uh, wisconsin to arkansas <laughs> to new england to <laughs> illinois would it's necessarily great. prompt him for this massive lifestyle change. No, from, and it, sure, it certainly hasn't, for sure. So, hey, I'm curious, like some, Schaefer. You so, know, big people have to represent. They, oh, he We're did. everywhere. I, he I mean, People always see us, but sometimes they need to hear from us, too. He repped hard, that's for sure. I, I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I'm curious. So, I was talking to Nick early on in the show, and I, I just was really super impressed with Mel Tucker yesterday. Um, he's just – Great coach. He's a very I don't know. He's, everything he says, you just you just listen closely to him. And you know they they uh, they had a great year last year. Are you okay with that contract now? I don't know if it, it, the money still is pretty high, but he, I think he's a guy that I can I believe in, and I'm I'm glad you went there because I have a question regarding him. So Ohio State is always going to be the team to beat in the Big Ten until something crazy happens. But is is there any chance uh, over the next couple of years that you could see? As long as the East is the way it is before these, they change realignment here, but let's assume it stays the way it is with the divisions. Is there any chance you could see Michigan State in the next couple of years being the top contender to Ohio State compared to Michigan, who won the conference last year? Yeah, or- absolutely. I mean, Mark D'Antonio did it, so yep. I think Mel Tucker is a really good coach. I think that there's a lot of excitement about Michigan State. I, I think that there, there's a better chance that they're kind of the the team that can foil Ohio State's you know, pathway to the college football playoff more years than not. I mean, I, I don't know that I think that they can be uh, year in and year out a top five college football team the way that Ohio State is. But I think year in and year out, they can be a top 10, that they can give themselves an opportunity that when it comes together, um, that they can certainly compete in the Big Ten and potentially win the Big Ten. I think Mel Tucker's a good enough coach. I think that the success they had in the transfer portal last year is going to sustain to where you're going to have players that are looking at that, you know, all the time. They've got a little bit of recent history that you can point to pre-Mel uh, Tucker where it's like they have been a college football playoff team. You know, that that I think matters when you're recruiting. If you know how to use that, if you can point to that, if you can tell the kids just to not look at the result of the college football playoff game that you played in, uh, but you made it, which means yeah. Oh, well, yeah. if you've done it once, you can do it twice. I mean, that's that's kind of the adage that um, I think that they can use. And, and, again, I think Mel Tucker's a really good coach. I I would love for, for Michigan State to uh, to continue on kind of the path that he set for them last year because I think it's better for the conference overall. And, quite frankly, it makes those Michigan-Michigan State games – almost must see TV. I mean, that was, that was maybe the yeah. best game in the conference last year. Yeah. Uh, that oh, certainly from the perspective of not including Nebraska, I mean, <laughs> that, that game was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also in all this conversation and he was there yesterday, but I just, I think that 
it's been happening for a couple of years, but like the buzz for Penn State is just it's not there right now. I mean, they don't I, I have think of notable a, players like they used right. To. I mean, you know, Sean Clifford is just not a guy that does it for you. They don't have the Saquon Barkley's anymore. They don't have players like you know Trace McSorley was a good quarterback. They just don't have that. And I don't know if if Penn State people are, are freaking out saying, "Hey, are we are we like are we done? Or, or do we still have a chance to be good?" <laughs> are we done? But it, I mean, like they're they're is seeing the media the is like fold. <laughs> Right, I, I don't see them like even you know contending at all this year. And you know they'll make a bowl game probably. They should make a bowl game, but I don't see them even at the standard of like you know where, where Mich- Michigan State's at right now. I see them as a as a fourth place team at best in the East. Yeah, That's I crazy. agree. I I think it's Michigan, Michigan State for two and three in some order. And um, I I agree with you that I think Penn State is fourth. Uh, let me pull up the recruiting rankings. At one point okay. in time, Penn Wonderful. State was first. In oh, the 2024 wow. class, I I think okay. they're in a little bit of a um, a reload right now. I honestly, and they didn't play well in 2020, but that team was set up to be a fringe college football playoff contender going into that COVID year of 2020. And then Journey Brown's health situation took him out. Micah Parsons didn't play in 2020. Like they they were they're a team, and I I think a lot of teams are this way that you're kind of set up for maybe a one- or two-year window where you can really compete at the top of the conference level because Temp. no yeah. one else is Ohio State in this conference. I mean, that's the reality of it. Michigan is going to be going through this, I think, right now. I don't think I Michigan's agree. nearly as good as they were last year, but that was their apex. That was their peak. And so I think Penn State's got at least a couple years where they're going to have to build up uh, you know, with the recruiting. Maybe they have to, to attack in a, in a different way. Um, but I, I think they're going to be back. I don't think they're going anywhere. I, I think James Franklin's a better coach than what other people might think. But, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of a valley for them, you know, yeah. at this point in time compared to to the expectation that, you know, teams like that shouldn't have much of a dip. But I just – it's hard. I mean, it is really hard to I, – I think we probably don't make enough of the level that Ohio State has stayed at. It is very hard to be at that level year in and year out. And when you have to reload as much as a team like Ohio State does, it's very helpful when you recruit at such a high level. But they're able to implement and get these kids to play early in their career and be successful early in their career. And it's it's hard to do. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is. One quick note before we get to break. Um, I saw this from Brett McMurphy who was at Media Days. Pat, uh, Penn State AD Pat Kraft. How about this? This, is, this was mind-blowing to me. Uh, Penn State has opened conference play on the road every year since 2016, and they will do so through 2023. That's that's what seven or eight years in a row they have not started at home. I mean, I, that's that is that is frankly just weird to me. It, it, have you ever seen that before, Schaefer? Eight straight years on the road to start off conference play. If that happened around here, people would be you know losing their minds. He says he he said the quote uh it stinks. I called the conference office and said this is unacceptable. This should not happen at Penn State. Says Pat Kraft. Quote it stinks. <laughs> yeah, he said that. That's via Brett McMurphy. Yeah. Um, that's, uh that's fascinating. They have I mean, you want to talk about one of the most interesting games in the month of September involving Big 10 teams. I think the opening week you get Purdue at home against Penn State. Like, and that's a huge game for both of those teams right off the bat. If you're Purdue and you win that game, that sets you up for what could be a potential division-winning Big Ten West game, and it puts Penn State on their heels right away. If Penn State wins that game, they get a pretty big win right out of the chute that gives them a little momentum as they go forward. Because I think they go – I think Minnesota is their next Big Ten game after that, and that's not necessarily – 
an easy one either. And you don't want to be staring 0 and 2 in the conference right away with two losses to the Big Ten West side. So, yeah, really critical games for both Penn State and Purdue. Uh, caller 5 right now at 464 568 a business box of bagels. I don't have a trivia show for you. Sip's not there. We'll just do it again tomorrow. I'll have one for tomorrow, I promise you. We've gone three straight days with no trivia. I will wow. have a game show tomorrow. Schaefer, I know you wanted to play the game show. You can wow. play it next week. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll have one quick final last segment. Uh, no spillover today. We'll bring Schaefer back for you know, a few minutes next to close things out at an early break in the ticket.